Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts, D Scruffles and Stratus2K1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Rough Talk VR. We're doing one of our one of my absolute favorite series that we do, which is where we get to interview the developers. Actual, yeah. We People spend, who are actually involved in, in making this the, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Way this more, is a good one, though. Way more creativity than I have, I can tell you that much. You think? Um, so today we're lucky enough to be joined by by Ben Outram, the, the developer and maker of Squingle. Absolutely beautiful game. Uh, so, Ben, do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what Squingle is and, and a little bit about who you are? Hello, yes, um, sure thing. Uh, my name's Ben. I'm, I made Squingle, and um, my background uh, is actually in physics in the in in the distant past. And then you know I've been kind of interested in these kind of things, um, sort of trippy, far out concepts and things. So that's kind of why I studied physics, I think, in the first place, and. Then I went and did a PhD and then went to uh, Japan and did a postdoc. So the PhD was um, in like liquid crystals at Oxford University and liquid crystals are like these like super, we could spend the whole podcast talking about liquid crystals because they're like the super trippy phase of matter between um, like a solid and a liquid that are very, very interesting when you look at, down on the microscope at them. And they are super trippy as well. They kind of melt and form and do all sorts of weird, colorful things right in front of your eyes. And a lot of that has gone into the game of Squingle, actually pictures of those. So I can, I, you know, and then um, and then I ended up in, in Japan and spent like a couple of years doing a postdoc in, uh, the, well, it was in media technology, ostensibly. But at that time, you know, I didn't really know much about virtual reality, except from like films like The Matrix and stuff. I didn't realize it was a, you know, an actual thing that was coming out. So, um, but there was the DK2 back then, the development kit two of the Oculus, back before Oculus had been bought by f- Facebook. So um, I just got to that, and I, you know, it was like it was like a a duck who just discovered water kind of thing bit like that and so i um just did loads of research projects with that i did some other stuff with like haptics and things and but i really enjoyed and i got you know to grips with unity for which is the tool that you use to develop vr games mostly and you know started talking to loads of japanese people around in that area and there's this guy called tetsu mizuguchi who um i don't know if you know who that is but he he uh is the mastermind behind um, like Res, which I don't know if you've played Res. It's also a VR game, but it came out like a long, long time ago for the Dreamcast and PlayStation 2. And then obviously they've had a lot of versions since then on the Xbox and then HD and then on the PlayStation VR and now and on PC VR. But that was a huge game for me. Like I played that, you know, when I was 14, like so much, like over and over. And some of my friends are like, what's this game? I was like so addicted to that game. <laughs> and then when I was in Japan and I kind of found out this guy was working at the university that I'd applied to do a postdoc, I didn't even know at the time. 
and then it was like this super wonderful coincidence. So I ended up um, doing a project with uh, in collaboration with his team as well, which was really cool. Um, VR project that we've had at Sundance Film Festival. And um, yeah, I mean, I can talk about all of those things and, you know, whatever you're interested in. <laughs> I, in I, more I'm, detail. Well, <laughs> honestly, when I pick my face up off the floor from um, hearing the start achievements, <laughs> yeah, holy shit, the, I was not expecting when I heard, to hear a doctorate. When I heard liquid crystals, I, I looked over at these scruffles and I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. This is really crazy. So you have a PhD in this. Uh, well, in li- in liquid crystals, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was, I'm, I'm, I, I actually, I'll save it for another day. But I'm, I'm beyond intrigued to this. But one of the things specifically with your, because I'm now I'm kind of piecing it together when you're deep into physics as well. Um, I mean, you made this game. How hard was it to apply? Like, you know, like true physics. You know, if someone's not really applying real physics, probably bit than anyone else. So. I mean, how the hell did you do that? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a lot in this game, right? And, and every single thing about it, like, comes from a different part of my my life. It's a it's a real like for me, it's like an autobiography in some ways, like of everything I've done in my life. Like, I'm so I'm so proud of it, to be honest. I'm really proud. Of, um, it's like a real piece of self actualization, if you will. It's kind of, you know, it incorporates. The, my philosophy and my artistic style it incorporates the liquid crystals and physics a lot of physics and a lot of programming and the vr stuff that i've done and so yeah i mean it makes me a little bit uh you know i start quivering when i start thinking about that side of things but um yeah in terms of the physics in particular like i mean there's lots of ways that physics touches this game you know from the the sort of philosophy of the game, you know, you start out, there's this kind of story that you're helping to create the universe and then you go through this kind of story of transcendence or like the universe's evolution and things. But like at the beginning of that is this, the Big Bang, right, which is a very much cosmology, physics, you learn about that in university and physics. And um, the backgrounds in, you probably weren't aware, but playing, when you're playing the first epoch of Squingle, the first 20 levels, which is called Form, um, which is, you know, when the universe was formed, the backgrounds, those are kind of, they're based on the cosmic microwave background radiation. So I actually like literally went on the internet and downloaded the scans that they've done from these telescopes and things that of the cosmic microwave background radiation, which is like the first signature of the Big Bang when it was first, when it first became like big enough that, and cool enough that light could travel through it that light is still bouncing around um the universe and it's the cosmic microwave background radiation so that data is actually in the, the that's the environment that you find yourself in at the beginning of squingle so that's kind of there's the physics influence there um and then there's also the the particles and all of the the like the goal and the start things those kind of weird sort of lobed shapes if you will and the and the health meter that appears above you these all uh, these are all um they're called spherical harmonics which are special shapes which are the same they're 3d shapes that they're the same shapes as the electrons in atoms not many people know that because we always learn about like these little things orbiting around 
like a sun kind of model, but actually they're these like weird lobed 3D shapes, which have different shapes depending on how excited they are. And you get like spheres and donuts and loops and lobes and things. And if you look at the dust, if you look carefully at the dust in Squingle, it's like electron orbitals going through different different energy states, which obviously fits with the Big Bang theme, I guess. So... But I think that's not what you're asking. <laughs> no, no, dude. dude I'll say you, you, you are so much more fucking smarter than me. <laughs> I could just I could just sit here and listen to you talk about this. Oh yeah, I'm sitting here like, like I could I could listen to this guy for hours. Yeah, I'm I still someday I'm going to get into this liquid crystal thing because I'm fascinated. Yeah, let's let's actually let's just cross this bridge now. So what exact? I I know you're saying it's like the the state in between a liquid and a solid, right? That's right. Yeah. So you know, in school they teach you. Solids, liquids, gases, right? You remember that from school? Yeah. And then, like, Three forms you know, then there's always some smart ass that puts his hand up and says, like, oh, yeah, but what about plasmas or something like that? You know, these, which is also like, you know, if you heat up gas, you get the electrons come off as well. And then you get something called a plasma, which is like, you know, also a phase of matter. But between um, solids and liquids and liquids and gases, you get something called like, a mesophase, which is where you have um, weird sort of systems that don't really have the same prop. Like a liquid is described as being all the same in all directions, which is a word called isotropic. It means like the same iso in all directions, tropic, like the tropics. And um, But in a liquid crystal, the molecules are kind of long and thin. And so they, they still like, they're like a liquid, like water, but, but they're a bit more like matches in a matchbox. Like if you shake the matchbox, the matches all move around independently. They're not stuck together, but they all end up kind of pointing in the same direction. And so they have this directionality to them. And that's really important. Um, and that helps, that's what creates all the kind of crystalline structure, even though they're fluids, they have this crystalline structure. And that's really important for things like liquid crystal displays, like LCDs, right? Which actually the Oculus Quest 2 uses a liquid crystal display. So but without you even knowing it, you know, you're looking at liquid crystal imagery in the liquid crystal world of Squingle using a liquid crystal display. So you're actually just staring <laughs> at actual liquid crystals. And then, the, and then the, the cell membranes in your retina are also made of liquid crystals and your brain neurons also the the membranes of those are liquid crystals so you know it's like liquid crystals creating liquid crystals looking at liquid crystals enjoying the beauty of liquid crystals through a liquid crystal display that's deep that's beyond deep yeah. and, and how did you get into this field of, of study oh that's a pretty boring story it was just like the third option <laughs> in uh, my master's and they like they didn't didn't have space on the the top one was like i don't know something really cool and like, i didn't know what a liquid crystal was but yeah we did we just didn't get our first option so it was completely by chance and yeah it could have gone a long way could have gone completely differently and that then in theory you wouldn't have made this game yeah i would have made something else so the i i struggled when we did the podcast to describe intelligently the the tube in which you have to move around in. And I've, I've heard it referred to, and I've almost said it's almost insulting mm. to say like intestines or something to that form. Is that technically like a liquid crystal? Um, 
or what what is what is it how do you <laughs> how would you describe it is like yeah i mean it's kind of you know every so like everywhere you know wherever i post videos of squingle whether it's like reddit or you know whatever there's always some like you know some someone i want to call them a smart ass but you know i don't like to insult people <laughs> but i just don't i whenever someone says oh this is like intestines or this is like what my stomach after i've like eaten a i don't know pumpkin or something then like yeah i just don't upvote those comments but actually you know ever since i think it was Zimtok, he mentioned squingle on the f reality podcast sorry i shouldn't mention your competitors on on your podcast probably but anyway on the f reality <laughs> podcast no uh, no uh, everyone's all we're all collaborating we're all just trying to make vr a success right so, yeah. especially in such a niche thing there's no room for competition nah um so anyway, yeah, Zimtok, like he he like there's two things about Squingle which I'm I, I never use in the marketing. One is like that it looks like intestines, and two is that it it looks a lot like a game called Kura Kura Kurin that came out on like the Game Boy Advance a long time ago. Um, and and Zimtok was like that he introduced the game like oh it's the way to describe it is it's basically like these alien intestines. And if you remember this game called Kura Kura Kurin, so anyway, I, since then I was like, well, you know what you the key like key to marketing is just like let the influencers figure out what the most talkable thing is about your game and then just go with that right rather than trying to like harp on about i don't know big bangs and liquid crystals or something i don't know but i mean who knows yeah all of those things are relevant but yeah the shapes aren't liquid crystals but they do look a bit like intestines i'll i'll grant that it, it besides the the intestine thing it's very psychedelic psychedelics and understatement the whole atmosphere you know talking to the god the the design of the quote-unquote intestines uh everything about it is psychedelic yeah that's a good observation (laughs) yeah well i think i think you even advertise it in market oh yes i think it's its tagline yeah spiraling psychedelic puzzle game um, I think the use of color was was pretty pretty damn good with the psychedelic influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, were these inspired from Im- like images you found online or a personal experience? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, personal experience. I don't know. <laughs> okay, is that, can it, is it even allowed to say those sorts of things? I don't know. Yeah, um, no. my friend, I have a friend. He said, Ben, you should never go on a public podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and just that, uh, that's it just ended at that yeah yeah no, yeah but some of it's you know some of it's about you know i've read a lot about psychedelics and i'm interested in the whole field of psychedelics and i definitely think that it's great that there's like this resurgence of psychedelic research that's going on and people who are using it for therapy and the aesthetics of psychedelics and psychedelic hallucinations are obviously very interesting. And, you know, like, yeah, there's quite a lot of sort of micro hints to other than the visual and the word in the marketing. <laughs> uh, there's a few like hints to the certain types of psychedelic experience in the, in the game. And obviously the philosophy is very heavy in its sort of psychedelia or Buddhist uh, connotations, I guess. And, you know, it's about transcendence and it's about thinking about rebirth. massive topics like rebirth and the universe and love and things like that. So, yeah, it was definitely in my experience playing it. I was like, this definitely feels like something um, deeper, like from a lifetime of 
of experience and gathering of knowledge. You know, there's there's a lot going on subtly in the background of this game besides just the gameplay. Yeah, I mean, when I, f- I first posted it on Reddit, and I was like, I I put it on. I think I cross post. I don't. I don't even know really the rules of Reddit, but I, I posted it on like multiple channels at, all at once, including like the Oculus Quest channel and the VR channel and the Steam VR channel. And I also thought, well, I'll post it on the R slash DMT channel as well, you know, <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> and um, that that one literally, like all the others, kind of they did pretty well. I was really pleased actually. Like got hundreds of upvotes, but on the the DMT one, it was like exploded it got like a thousand <laughs> upvotes and like a thousand millions of messages and like loads of people i mean i don't know how many people on that reddit also own like an oculus quest 2 probably it's probably not a huge overlap because it's mainly people posting pictures of dmt that they've like extracted from bark and stuff like that so it's quite serious like dmt uses and stuff but uh but I think, yeah it exploded on there so. yeah just go post a sequence talking to the god on there like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god it was my last night yeah yeah i yeah. I, I think the struggle that i've seen people have with trying to take a psychedelic anything and put it to a, a platform has been a struggle but yeah i i instantly had that feeling with with this experience yeah it feels sure. like a, it feels like a trip and yeah, yeah I, I mean agree. to put it blatantly sure i agree like the it's it's hard to describe you know what is psychedelic and most times you type in psychedelic and google images and it's going to be like a bunch of tie-dye yeah spiral <clears throat> cliche background stuff and it's like you know okay. the visual yeah the visual is a tough struggle but yeah but this this game really seems to uh touch on it pretty yeah, good yeah i'll give it i'll give it a lot of credit and the gameplay is engaging it's like it's hard it, well no no I it, it, it is, it's it, not a, it's not a gimme game it's not but it starts pretty easy sure and I'll give it credit. The progression's pretty slow. You got to do some thinking. Yeah. <laughs> some thinking. Um, and now hearing Ben's background a little, I'm kind of getting it more. I'm like, okay, now I understand why it, yeah. it is the way it is. I, I didn't think that you would be an idiot by any means because uh-uh. this game is very sophisticated in what's going on. Uh, but your educational background is far superior than what I was expecting. Yep. I won't lie. I was quite blown away on your, your intro. Oh, it's pretty <laughs> casual too. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I got, got that PhD. You yeah. know, oh, you don't yeah. have a PhD. Yeah. Then I went to Japan. Yeah, I was out there, met all these cool people. Yeah, speak the language, ate good food. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was <laughs> so so it was like, humble. Yeah, it's amazing so, out there. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, no, I've I've heard it's it's a bucket list location for me to be honest. You're the second person we've actually interviewed who um who has hyped. gotten to spend some time there. Yeah, I, I was there for like four years. No, I even right, learned yeah. some Japanese as well. So. Yeah, how how uh, how good did you get at speaking Japanese? Um, yeah, I'm pretty good conversationally. I spent like a okay. year full time studying it at a Japanese language school, so you you should hope that you get all right doing that. But actually, it's quite a difficult language. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I got I had quite a lot of friends that I spoke only Japanese with, so that was you know that you have to be all right for that. But um, and like emails and work emails, I could do and like phone contracts and getting dealing with uh restaurants and like mm-hmm. what do you call it like rental agencies things like that so i guess it's pretty good no, that's freaking awesome so I'm, I'm gonna ask you how big is your studio because this is probably gonna blow me away as the intro did but how many people actually worked on this because this is obviously your baby your vision your 
life project, your life project, your story. Mm. So, how yeah, I mean, is- tons of people have um, have helped out to different to different levels. I mean, I would I would basically call it a solo project, but I don't know uh, what con- like what the rules to call it a solo project. Yeah. Is there like a definition? I don't know. But um, I mean, I would say that ninety nine point nine percent of it um, is my time sunk into this thing but um but there you know if you look at the credits there's a huge number of people credited and like especially the goddess for example um was uh modeled and animated by a friend and then the music is all 100 percent. that's to be honest there's been hundreds of hours sunk into the music um and that was a guy called kai jones who is an absolute pleasure to work with. He's a super, super nice guy, and he's an amazing professional Professional when it comes to game music. So, you know, if you're looking for game music and you're an indie developer, then definitely, uh, like, get in touch with him. Um, and then, you know, we've had, like, people quality control. It's been under a beta test since last January. Like, in January, the beta test started. So there's been, like, dozens of people, over 100 people, beta testing. Not all of them gave feedback. Um, and then <laughs> recently I've had translators, um, a PR person, publicist, and um, yeah, like, oh, and not to mention a few people that helped early on, like doing the, the UI programming, because I don't know, I came into it a bit like a novice, not using the best practices, to be honest, but I met a couple of guys, um, uh, Cinder and cat and at a, at a hackathon and they were really helpful in doing a bit of the design of the ui so yeah i mean you know and i can talk a lot of it, other people have influenced and helped and give them feedback um so yeah it's i've been really drawing on a lot of friendships and that's been a really fun aspect of the game making process really yeah, yeah I, I love hearing some of the the best games we've played have come from the smallest batch of um yeah four or less seems to be yeah, some of the best the magic games. number it's it's amazing, and I I I totally I mean, you're a wicked humble dude because you gave credit. You're the first person that ever gave the music score person credit. Yeah, for a, a game that we've talked to, and that's not you know dissing anyone we've talked to, but it's like, you know, some of the areas that actually do work in game development but aren't actually coding but are still providing a service that's needed for the game. So that's that's all. But I figured. I mean, it wasn't... it's insane. The music is. I I think the music in Squingles like absolutely without the sound effects and the music it would just be you know a very different game so like it does add to the immersion i can't yeah, deny I mean, that at all immersion for sure i'm sorry i just had a microphone slip here my yeah, apologies yeah sorry about that quick little technical difficulty uh <laughs> so was this your first vr project or did you you know example you've made 30 games before this um or is this your first one because if this is your first one that's a that's a home run for the first one so uh, this is this is the first like you know of this this is the most ambitious project I've done like by a like a huge long shot and it's turned into a complete you know business now I've had to like I didn't realize all the elements required in, in making an indie game in terms of marketing and contacting people and all that stuff and you know localization and dealing with publishers and all sorts of stuff but um, so it's much really ambitious from that regard but yeah I've been. I've done a, a shit ton of um, like prototypes and projects. So um, the biggest, 
the most famous other project I've done was one called Crystal Vibes, which was in collaboration with um, Tatsumi Mizuguchi's group, uh, who's the, the guy I mentioned. He's famous for, for Res Infinite and uh, Tetris Effect and, and like Space Channel 5 and Lumens and stuff. Um, but they had this full body haptic vibration suit, which has 24 actuators, like vibrators, which which go all up and down your body and like also on your inner thighs, you know, kind of like in quite getting towards sort of intimate regions. And we were just sort of like strapping this thing on person after person at like the Sundance Film Festival and having loads of public people coming through this thing and just going into this multi uh, sort of dimensional synesthesia, sound visualizing, psychedelic uh three minute sort of music video type experience um you can actually get crystal vibes it's on steam vr i think it costs like a dollar or something um but i'm a little bit embarrassed but it's quite old now that was in 2017 (laughs) but it was i think it was really successful and i really enjoyed that project and then since then a couple of other major projects i'd like to mention which is um the i've been i'm kind of obsessed with juggling which is actually very similar to kind of squingle because you in juggling you've got three balls and you're juggling them and it's very artistic you like sort of like a dance or like a flow and it's a puzzle as well because you can't throw the balls in the wrong way otherwise they'll hit each other and you or your your hands will hit each other and so there's it's a puzzle to figure out what juggling balls can do and especially with three balls and um i was I thought it would be a really good thing to put into VR. So you do VR juggling and maybe make a music game like Beat Saber or Dance Dance Revolution, but for juggling or something like that. So I made a couple of attempts at juggling games in VR, which are still available. There's one on SideQuest called Juggle Planet, which you can use. Um, and there's another one called Neutrino, which I think you can still download from my website. It's like on, on my Google drive it's not published anywhere or anything but they were kind of just experiments and um but they did lay a lot of the groundwork for a lot of the interaction design and the gameplay mechanic in this game so you know they were kind of failed like they would never have those ideas i explored they wouldn't juggling in vr i think wouldn't work in vr as a commercial product just because even when you make it like you're in gravity like on the moon which in juggle planet you can, or planet juggle, you can do it. You can juggle on any of the planets in the solar system and experience their gravity. But even when it's like that and you guide the balls and you do other special things to help make juggling easier, it's still really hard to do. So, you know, that that um, piece was even used in a, a paper by a, a PhD researcher in Vienna um, looking at how VR can be used to train people to learn um, skills in real life, right? So they use juggling as a um as an example and use that game to 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 do the research um but yeah a lot of things have been learned from from both of those uh, vr experiences that i've made and then yeah loads of tons of smaller like uh things as well so real quick with the juggling did you ever get results on what the research was was it possible to use juggling in vr and then incorporate it into a real life skill well uh, I'd love to be able to say yes, but I think the research was basically no. There, there was no statistical significance to the result. But that's not to say that. Um, yeah, do you, you think know, that that was a limitation of your game, or do you think it was VR in general? 
Um, I think it's it's a limitation of uh, of psychology experiments. They're very very difficult to show statistical significance, especially when you're like he was tr he was comparing um, people learning to juggle with a with a with a video, and then compared to that was the, the test group, and then comparing it to people that just used the game or whatever. I think so. You know, and then the sample size was like 25 people, which isn't really a very big sample size. Um, so psychology experiments are really, really hard to do and really hard to show significant um, significance in your results just because there's huge variability in the population. Um, so, you know, I think that maybe a more carefully designed, bigger study that had a lot more people. Um, I mean, I think, and there are other studies that show that, that VR can be quite good for training in certain things so i have no doubt that vr can be used in that way but um unfortunately that his results didn't reflect that okay no i'm yeah. i'm pretty convinced that vr is yeah. a, a catalyst to to learning skills and mm. i was the juggling was cool because it's not easy to juggle i used to do the yeah. two ball one hand yeah, juggles I, i'm terrible at juggling how so you said you're pretty into it how proficient are you at it are you quite the juggler or um, it's a bit of a party trick, but I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> Which means you, you yes. can, you, yeah, if you look at my yes. YouTube channel, the there's, a bit, <laughs> there's a bit, there's a few videos of me juggling on my YouTube channel that you can check out. And, uh, I'm quite into the sort of fluid sort of, yeah. I mean, it goes really well with, um, you know, certain types of creativity enhancement, uh, yeah, substances and festivals <laughs> and things and like, I mean, there's this whole idea of like flow toys, right? You've got juggling and you've got poi and you've got all sorts of things, right? Um, and with juggling, you know, you've got these balls and you're juggling them in, in space in front of you. And the, the topology is like these knots and things that happen in sort of temporally in time in front of you and unfold like that. But in Squingle, it's got a very similar idea because you've, You've got less balls. You've got it's simplified, so you've got two balls. And then instead of doing interesting topologies like in the space in front of you in time, that is then it's kind of extrapolated, extruded out into the into the 3D space around you, into those shapes of the puzzles. So you still have to, you know, manipulate these balls in in a way to create these beautiful topologies, which create these beautiful squingle shapes. But it's done in space. Uh, and it's visualized rather than in time in front of you. And uh, just for our listeners, if anybody wants to go watch you juggle a little bit, what's your <laughs> YouTube channel? Uh, it's bio998, B-I-O-998. You can search that. Um, right. Juggling's a tough skill. Dude, I never got past like one or two books. I had to, most. when I was a little kid, I got the Juggling for Idiots book. They used to have those for everything. Yeah, juggling. So I got the, it comes with the three three sacks I, I i was able to do it but not i could do it if i paid attention and nobody talked to me and i didn't try to act cocky about it but the second i start paying attention to you know like something on a wall or somebody i'm i'm toast i can't i can't isolate the movement and you know like yeah. i'm sure ben would have a conversation he's probably juggling now yeah <laughs> how, old, <laughs> how old are you ben um i just turned 35 Ooh, happy birthday happy thank birthday. you yeah and so how long have you been juggling was it something you picked up in elementary school um i think i was 10 when i first learned to juggle okay, okay so never never really stopped either 
Well, I mean, I go through phases, you know. So, like, yeah. <laughs> when I was 10, I was really into it. And then when I was a teenager, a bit more. And then at university, I, like, all my friends, I taught them all to juggle. And they, we all ended up being, like, really good jugglers. And I started juggling. There was a juggling. I restarted the juggling, like, society at the University of Manchester. Um, and then we had, like, 30 or 40 strong juggling society that we had people coming along juggling. And then, so I did a lot of juggling at uni, but not so much recently. Yeah. 30 or 40 people <laughs> juggling? Well, that just shows you a lot of people want to juggle, juggle but are you... scared to ask. Yeah. That's really, that's really what juggle. that shows. See? Jesus. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> Juggling's like, if you ever get a chance to go, because I went to the, the EJC, the European Juggling Convention. It's the biggest juggling convention or festival in the world, even bigger than like the world one, I think the European one. Um, and it's just it's an, it's like it's like a festival, but really sort of your mum would be okay with you going to it kind of thing. It was like really and there's like loads of kids and it's just really healthy sort of fun thing and there's everyone's just juggling like mad and you don't feel like a weirdo. <laughs> no, it, there's got to be some some mental <laughs> therapy to juggling. Yeah, very relaxing. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I, that's how I treat it. I treat Any, it like that. Yeah. Anything that takes you kind of into that flow state where you're just mental flow yeah yeah, you're in just a rhythm that's always therapeutic if you're not worrying about dropping something like yeah. i would be yeah don't juggle with something valuable <laughs> nope equal so, weight so it's obvious from your accent you're over in the uk and then you've lived in japan any any other countries that you've hopped around to um <clears throat> yeah when i was young when i was a kid i lived in the netherlands for five years and i lived in the u.s for three years in colorado in colorado springs during middle school and the rest of the time in the UK, I think in Japan for four years and only traveled in India for six months. Yeah. You're just casual, <laughs> casual, you know, casual. I've lived in the East coast of the United States my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to England. Yeah. I've been to England once. I stopped in an airport. I, I three I or four weeks stopped in, I stopped in London to go to, to Budapest no, I had a good time in England. It's a nice country. Yeah. So, so I'm seeing momentum on this game. It seems to be accelerating. Like, I think more people are paying attention to it. I'm, I'm seeing more, I'll say, words on it. Is is that true or am I just going crazy? You're going crazy. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're not going crazy. Like, there, no, uh, I, I've been, I've been, I've been, oh, like, it's almost overwhelming, like, in terms of, you know, we've got 30 user reviews last time I checked on the Oculus Quest store, and not a single one of them is less than five stars. We've got a f- perfect five-star rating. And, um, you know, and this isn't like my friends rating it. This is like my girlfriend. Um, I've been trying to get her to, like, you know, rate it to, like, give it an extra five-star score, you know. But she even she hasn't even, she like, she's not done it yet, right? So I can't even <laughs> get my girlfriend to do it. Um, so... I've been really, it's just people that have played it and I'm really, like, I'm flabbergasted really that, like, it's got such good feedback from the users. And then the critics um, have been, it's been astonishing as well. Like, just people, what they've been rating it, Zimtok gave it 10 out of 10. You guys gave it, like, 92.5%, which I was just, I was amazed. And then, um, you know, people have, it's on, it's got 91% on VR game critic which is like a vr 
ratings aggregator website. And VR Italia was the first to do a full review of it, and they in Italian, um, but they said things, super nice things like they were saying it's in the same league as like Rez and Thumper and like some of my favorite games and uh, they just said really nice things on App Lab 30 reviews is good for App Lab because it gets zero love and attention on the actual Oculus store they give it no highlighting people have to find it by your own marketing mm. um, I've heard from other developers that like the only thing that they know about getting onto the official store is that they need to have good reviews and lots of them uh, I mean, this is one of the most creative puzzle games I've ever played, let alone even in VR, just in general. There's not really anything to compare it to. It's kind of completely in its own category. I, I It's got everything's giving it perfect stores, pretty much perfect scores. I, I don't see why this is still on App Lab. I think as soon as hopefully soon uh, when this goes to the official store, I think we'll see it blow up much more, too. I think it's just a victim of of App Lab right now. Which I love App Lab. It's just uh, I wish they gave it more promotion and more highlighting. A little bit easier to find too, you know. I think it would help a lot. Like I, I remember seeing someone in mentioning that it'd be nice if there was like an maybe an App Lab section on the store, you know, rather than just having so that you could browse App Lab games through the through the main console rather than having to go on SideQuest or something. Um. Yeah, but you know, so- Oculus are doing whatever they're doing, and they're doing it for you know reasons. I think I, I don't really lament Facebook for for their approach. I think that like they're trying. I think they're probably losing a lot of money as well at the moment because they've been doing all the research, they've been doing all the in- investment into the technology and setting it up. Um, I don't. I think it costs more than them. Like I think they're making a loss on every unit that's being. I don't actually know. But. Yeah, I think they're completely sub. I, I'd imagine they're subsizing when you look at the the ridiculous amount of tech that's in in the quest for the cost. I don't. I don't think that's a ridiculous guess to make. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they they're highly curating the stores, and they want to create the right um, in these early days to cultivate the industry. Um, I mean, and they've made this, and presumably they've got lots of very clever people that have been doing lots of analysis to figure out what the best way to do that is so but you know and i've heard that you have to kind of wait for a knock on the door to uh maybe you'll get on the store and but maybe not but it might not happen it might happen but but um you know regardless of what happens with that um obviously you know i'd love to get on the store it would it would be like super cool (laughs) to be on the store and we've reduced the price i've reduced the price from twenty dollars to fifteen dollars um but also i'm targeting like other platforms and trying to trying to get it out there onto other platforms so you know it was just announced recently that the vive um the vive flow which was just announced last week i've been developing for that for a while now so that's going to be on there on that device um and then i don't know hopefully it'll be on other devices as well. Yeah, hey, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go back to the App Lab thing because I'm, I'm, I say at any chance I get that in the store option for games, there should be a little icon yep, that exactly. says App Lab and just click it. They own it all. There's no reason they can't do this. And we're um, the most like, uh, <clears throat> we're not really the the critical Facebook people, anti Facebook. No, like we're very pro Oculus. Like that's our entire podcast is about the Quest too. We're I got very, love. We're very pro you know, what Facebook is doing overall for VR. Um, 
just specifically for the issue of app lab. I wish it was a little bit easier to find you. It just doesn't make sense that you have, and there's a ton of different games. There's a ton of different apps and developers going on there. And I'm, I'm trying to think of it from their standpoint. I get it. I'm, you know, like I get it. How do I even market something to something that theoretically doesn't technically exist? It's there, but you, you need to know how to specifically find it. And I never go through, the uh, Ocul- Oculus app to, to yeah you get go through third party yeah hundred percent like because like it's easier and, yeah hundred percent and like um I just don't understand the concept of it I, that's all well I, I get that they want to keep a high quality of of content on the official store uh but there's some obvious outliers on yeah the when app you have store. when you have a game and like I think Swingle, we said it, yeah like Crisis Brigade two these are games that um, it doesn't color make connects sense. another one I'll throw in there that yeah. right. oh, I love that game. Color yeah, they're not, they're not, they're originals. You know, it's not like hmm. I can play your game and go like, Oh, and it's not like they're glitchy. It's not like they're unfinished. No. There's, there's no reason that in my opinion that they should, that's be getting, what I just don't get. They're, they're almost, you're almost a victim of it. App lab is, I, I love that it gives uh, an opportunity for developers to have like this, Entry, yeah, yeah, yeah. These indie developers, but some are, of them aren't entry games. That's no. The problem. This, this is a game that you know. If if the caveat is you got to get the reviews and the attention. I mean, how the hell do you do, you do that? You've been well, I think on pretty much every platform. You know, from all these different VR magazines, news sites, all these different podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a game like Swingle. Whew, for me, that's a no brainer on the official store. You know, obviously, I don't expect you to go rant and bitch and say, "Oh my god, yeah, I'm <laughs> over." And, yeah, I mean, if I, I like do that, yeah, I think it's I think it's about more than just you know if it's a obviously if it's a good game it helps, but it's also about the business proposition, like what the market's looking like, what gaps they're trying to fill, whether you've got a good business structure, you've got a good business strategy, whether you've got a marketing budget, whether you're you know what's your planned content update release, are you going to be able to, are you realistic about your milestones and your development pipeline and are you going to be able to, you know, make true on various different promises that you, that you are going to do and like, are you building a community outside of just the game? Um, you know, where you are with all of that kind of thing. I think there's a whole holistic picture that they're looking at. Um, do you think so, that some, sometimes you're a little, um, maybe it, it hinders you as that you're a one man team in that, that maybe they look at you a little negatively. Or no? Do you think that no, doesn't play any factor? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, if I was like, you know, running a big project like that, I don't know. I guess it, you're looking at the business proposition in, in an interview kind of thing. Um, I'm a bit concerned that, you know, with huge titles coming out like now, like from big names, um, the, the, and they're obviously getting a lot of attention from the media and from users. Um, I'm not sure what that's going to mean for indie devs and solo devs uh, that are creating content for the Oculus Quest, but don't know. I, would, I don't know if it's going to be a good I'd, thing or not. <laughs> I'm I'm still banking on that. The indie devs that have been doing this for years are still, you know, they just don't have the funding that the multi-million dollar you know companies have when they go, okay, let's do a VR game. It's nothing for them. They just spend the money, but. I want to see those indies devs who have been it since day one be the ones that people either these companies have to come to or or something. There has to be a benefit to it. Well, I'll, and we said it right in the beginning of the interview. I think the first like fifteen minutes that some of the best experiences that we have on on the quest are always these studios that are one to four people. 
Yeah. Even a game what, like Top Golf. Think. Even a game like Top Golf that was he said that his studio is four people. Yeah, it's small. That's crazy. Yeah, there's like, something to say for it though. But yeah. I just I don't I'm and again I'll go back to and on on this game. You know, it's an original. So it's like if it's an original experience and you can't really say it's it's like all these other you know, it's not a shooter, so it, it doesn't get classified like that. So I mean it deserves a little yeah a little I, notoriety. I hope and you know, like you said, it's been out for three months. Overall, that's actually a pretty short amount of time. It is that that it's been out. It's gotten your game's gotten, in my opinion, a lot of attention. Uh nothing but positive feedback either. I don't think I've seen one media outlet say a you know negative things anything no i think the worst of it is the intestine comment <laughs> and i that's um, just a descriptive that's a descriptive yeah. <laughs> thing because i even yeah, said it in the podcast it's like I, I don't want to call it i don't want to yeah. say it like that because i i found it insulting because yeah. it's not <laughs> but I'd, I'd i'd love to see it graduate you know on you know the six month mark nine month mark whatever i'd love to see this be one of the the app lab graduates the official store i think it's definitely definitely justified so what are your your future plans with you know maybe development with squingle another project you know are you just kind of marketing this for now before you make any decisions you know what's your current you know current yeah I, i'm i'm gonna work on i'm gonna work on squingle for a bit longer i think um because i feel like you know the product has proven itself in terms of the how people have like the response has been phenomenal as we've talked about but um so i think that there's a product here that's worth continuing to market for a while and um you know, I'm not really doing it <laughs> for the money, but if I can prove to myself that I also just want more people to play it kind of thing. I want more people to play it. And if it can bring in a bit of money, then it, it will help to encourage me to make the next project. But at the moment, that's, you know, I'm probably going to go and find a job in a tech firm or something. Um, but yeah, with Squingle itself, I mean, I've done, there's an update recently. So with this, with the Halloween, I really wanted to do some additional levels for the Halloween update, but um, because I was working on the port for the Vive Flow, I didn't really have the time to do that. But I have included like a couple of additional things. So there's this easy mode now. So, you know, <laughs> partly because of your, your feedback, but a lot of feedback is, and also giving it to people like friends and family who maybe have never played vr before and you know trying it on like my very very young nephew i think it's a bit taboo to say that you gave it to your very young nephew because you're not supposed to give it to kids but just mm-hmm. you know just th- people that why, but, don't- uh, those are why, i don't know why they put the 13 i don't know if it's because of like research on eye damage or if it's just a liability thing or that's the minimum age to have a facebook account i i imagine it's the late the last thing but i i have no idea Dear, I mean, there, I think who was it? Thrill Seeker did something about like some research that came out recently about how it interrupts your development if you're a kid and stuff like that. So maybe there is some serious stuff there, which we should be aware of. Um, but in any case, I wanted to make the game accessible to people that you know the kind of people that you have to you know tell where the tell them that they need two fingers on two different triggers kind of thing. People that have never put the device on and they've you know they just like so i've given it to a few people like that and they'll play the game and they'll get frustrated after five minutes because you know they die a few times and then oh yeah that's nice and then don't want to play it anymore but so i've created this new mode which is called easy play which is designed to and tested on those that kind of user base Um, and what i find is like they when they now play it they it's much more 
relaxed in terms of like it doesn't penalize you for touching the edges so much and it doesn't gives you more hits before you die and you can go through sections of the tube like rotating the wrong way and that's fine <laughs> but i mean it does take a few of the key game mechanics away from the game but at the same time people th suddenly enjoy it and they they'll want to play all the levels and you know they'll be in there for like 40 minutes before they want to you know take the headset off or something like that so it's i think it's it's really nice to have that option to to make it much more accessible to more players so that's a recent update that's been put in for halloween um and then the other things that are coming up are localization it's currently being translated into like many languages japanese chinese korean spanish german french italian polish russian and uh yeah, I think that's about it. Maybe Hungarian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've realised it's actually quite a lot of work to do that, though. So, um, so might keep it keep the languages less than more. But um, yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited, especially for the Japanese version. And then I, I plan to do sort of levels, new level packs that will come in as sort of not as part of the main sort of canon of 100 levels but as a separate option when you in the title screen so you'll be able to go to like the holiday special levels and they'll be themed after like major world holidays like christmas valentine's day easter chinese new year and those kind of things that's freaking awesome so at least it's not a it's definitely not a dead project by any means which i didn't think it was but it's always nice to say that something's still being worked on yeah and you know i love working on it and i'm especially excited to make new levels i think it's going to be really fun like i had some interesting feedback want to try and maybe introduce a new game mechanic which i won't say what that is now but uh you know to keep things a bit fresh and interesting and hopefully pe keep people coming back a little bit to play it again and again well, what is kind of cool about the easy mode, especially for someone like me who's doing some whining, like, man, it's good, but I just, I hit these roadblocks where it, technically with no easy mode, the way it would work is I would hit a roadblock. I got to walk away, kind of give some things some time, come back, and then I'm usually always better at something. Mm. But at least with an easy mode, someone can get through something and then go, you know what? I can always come back and try it on the actual mode. Mm. Have so you tried it, the easy mode? Easy mode, I have not. I have not. Yeah. I will try the easy mode. What I'm hoping is now it's not too easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give it, give it a go. It's, it's, it's much, much easier. No, it's much yeah, easier I'm gonna, than normal I'll, mode. I'll try it and I'll look at it as its own experience. Um, mm, I think that's that's the key. And it's kind of, it keeps its own save, separate save file. So, you know, if you want, like, okay. you've got your headset and then you've got, you know, your mum or your kid or, like, someone else who is, doesn't want to play the normal mode, they can play it and have their own progression through the game, you know, and you can both enjoy it then. Yeah. Cause I mean, as challenging as it is and, and I, I'll be the first to admit it's, you know, it starts off pretty like, Not almost so like I got this, this is no, this is good to like flick a switch and then it starts getting like you, like I said earlier, you got to think there's some thinking involved, especially, especially if you're like me. If oh. you're like me and you're obsessed with getting all the balls. Yeah. Oh, like I, I gave up on that a few of them. <laughs> but if you want to go through the tube, I, I was going you have to get the balls. Yeah. I'd, I was like, you know what? I just, cause there's still one that like literally is vivid in my head. The turn that I have to make to get around that corner. It's like a, a 
almost like a V-turn to go down to finish. And it just drove me absolutely crazy. Absolutely mm. crazy. But no, I mean, it's, I'm liking hearing, you know, how this game came to be as far as like your, your background. Cause I, again, the minute you said physics, I, my brain was like, I'm, oh, I get it now. I'm getting so much more about mm. uh, the, the functionality of the game, knowing that the person behind it actually has um, a, a personal appreciation of physics, not just a, a computing appreciation of physics. So that, that means a big difference. So from a perspective of the, the different areas in the world, um, A, I'm curious how, as the game is dropped in different languages, if different demographics will latch onto it more because maybe it's a more puzzle um, inclined demographic for sure. That's one thing I've always been curious about, especially with like a thinking game or a, a logic game or a challenging game is, so I'm just curious if the different demographics will pick up the game differently because of the strength of the challenge of the game. It's a weird thing to say or even think, but I always wondered it, especially with puzzles, unless I'm saying that incorrectly. No, no, no. I think that's a, that's a, an interesting point. Like how will this game, uh, once it's ported over to, to Japanese, I know you're saying you're pretty excited about that. Uh, I don't know how big of a quest, you know, market there that's, is in Japan. I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff. So, you know, will it outsell uh, what it's currently doing now with the second it comes out in Japan? Or will it just be, you know, a, a 5% of sales, anything like that? Yeah. No, I think it'll be tiny. Um, but for me, I mean, first of all, I think it looks really cool in Japanese. Um, but also, I think, yeah, I mean... I, I like the idea of making the game accessible to 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 a lot of people and and your language shouldn't be a limitation to play the game you know and your ability shouldn't be a limitation to play the game and so I mean that's a lot of the philosophy behind it um, I also hope that it strengthens the um, proposition to Facebook and other companies that might want to have it on their platforms especially in in Asia like Chinese and Korean and Japanese. Um, are going to be key markets for like the Pico and for PlayStation and for Five as well, obviously. So you know, it, I think it does expand its uh, proposition from a business perspective for a lot of these companies. Hopefully, yeah, I'm I'm real curious about the Pico when that drops too. That's uh, that looks like pretty much a Quest clone, but that's that's not always bad, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I know this is a pretty weird question. Uh. I. We've, we've talked about Swingle a lot. I usually like to get into this stuff. When you're not, you know, uh, burning at both ends, developing, trying to earn income working too, uh, besides, you know, working on new levels of Swingle, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, do you instantly go right into the headset and game VR as well? Uh, you know, you like to hike, cook, juggle, you know, what are, what are your hobbies? <laughs> um, I like to uh, walk on the hills locally i've got some hills in um beautiful hills locally i like to go walking hiking traveling snowboarding juggling <laughs> reading um i don't really play very many video games but uh yeah i think i feel like the last year with the whole pandemic and everything it's been been quite uh working very hard <laughs> working very hard on this game spending all, pretty much all my time burning the candle at both ends working on this um but then i also do like a bit of computer vision work as well for 
a client. I'm a contractor doing some some work for clients on computer vision as well. So I've got sort of that side of me as well in the tech sector. You're always busy. That's what's coming. I'm super busy at the moment. <laughs> and there's and there's absolutely nothing wrong with like people going outside and going hiking and doing things and unplugging and no, and that's that my favorite. Thing. That's my yeah. that's my go to. I the in between between the digital world and the real world. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, very important. Very tight line that needs to be balanced. So I, I that's cool. You actually do outdoors. Snowboarding's good. You know, skiing's good. Yeah, I'm going to Italy next in a week or so for a holiday as well. Going to do some hiking. Hopefully nice. it's not too cold. Is that going to be your first time to Italy or have you been? Yeah. Before? Well, I've been to Italian restaurants, but I've never been yeah. to the actual country. Get to eat the actual yeah. food. Like Domino's. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite cuisine? Is it Italian food? Go figure. Or, you know, Japanese? Indian Asian food, chips. probably. Indian, Indian food. I think Ooh, pretty heard. much if you talk to most Brits, they'll say like a good English Indian curry. <laughs> yeah, English I, Indian curry. I've heard lots of good things about the the UK uh, Indian cuisine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, English Indian cuisine is amazing. Indian Indian cuisine is also amazing. But yeah, there's a certain culture around like going for an Indian in England because it's 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 always good, like delicious, and you can often bring your own beer as well. So. Yeah, yeah, BYOB yeah, spots are, are, yeah. are good. But um so yeah, in in Japan, what was your favorite thing to eat over there when you were living there for four years? Uh there's so many things. Um but I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll just stick with sushi because it's super delicious and you can't really get it anywhere else in the same sort of quality. It's from my experience, at least in the West. So gonna go with so sushi. I, I know there's a lot of traditions in in Japan, and I'm always curious when people have spent long time living there. Like, has any of the traditions from the Japanese culture carried over back home with you? Uh, yeah, I think I think quite a lot. I think I'm definitely part Japanese now. Well, to some extent, there's a certain sensitivity to a group when you're in a working situation that I think is very important, and uh, I've carried around with me. I think in England, people are a bit more, and in the West in general, people are a bit more individualistic. And um, But I think, yeah, like that's definitely come with me a little bit. It's slightly different life philosophy, a slightly different attitude towards society and and friends. No, that's fantastic, though. I, I believe in when you go places and you're able to experience a different um different culture, different side of the world, that it's it's beneficial to take something home that's positive with you and try to yeah. carry that into your, you know, just makes us who we are, but yeah. usually a positive experience. Yeah. You ever, uh, you ever miss it? Think you're going back to or? Yeah, I do. I, I miss it a lot. And like, I've got a lot of friends out there. It's kind of a whole bit of a network out there. And so I kind of, you know, it's like losing a bit of a part of myself to not be there. <laughs> And Halloween in Tokyo is like really intense and really interesting. So if you if you ever go to Tokyo, like go on around Halloween is actually a really good time to go. But I don't know well, if you probably can't go this Halloween because of the COVID no. restrictions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, COVID's but, kind uh, of complicated things. Yeah, COVID's, yeah. COVID, pre-COVID, Halloween, was everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
has literally crushed the world. It's not cool. Too bad the Quest 2 didn't drop right when that first started, too. Right. That would have been the perfect release. But anyway, uh, Ben, I'm, I, I can't wait to see, you know, the development of Squingle keep going forward. Uh, future updates, more levels. I'm I'm still having a breeze. Or I'm having a blast, you know, pumping out a couple levels every couple nights. It's a very therapeutic game to me right before bed. Uh, so I can't wait to see, you know, more content come out. And like I've said, ad nauseum this episode, uh, I can't wait to see. Hopefully this actually hit the official store one day. Um, so, you know, I know you're a busy man and everything. It's pretty late for you over in UK time in comparison to where we're chilling in East Coast. So uh, I definitely appreciate your time today. And, you know, I figure, you know, it's a good time to wrap things up. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm. This guy's got so no, much on his yeah, plate. I, I feel I was, I'm in, I'm embarrassed with my credentials still at his intro. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it's super, intro ever. It's super great. <laughs> it's like I'm a little bit, you know, fan fan shocked talking to you guys because you know I listen to your podcast all the time. So and you've got these this such nice laid back way of presenting stuff, which is like you know, everyone loves. So really enjoyed being on here. No, I. And, I uh, we couldn't listen. We can't. We got the easy end of the shtick here. Yeah, you you guys are the ones out there, you know, making this stuff real for people, and in in more often than not cases, whether people believe it or not, people are developing things that have some personal touch to the developer. You know, yeah. it could be something hidden, it could be something blatant, but it's more than just somebody just trying to slap some content to make. I mean, it's like the starving artist words I've used before. It's like it's a real thing. You know, people are given up sections of their life to try to put something that they believe is meaningful out there. So, yeah. And just as excited as, you know, or surreal might be for you to talk to us. Uh, I, it's always trippy for me to talk to these developers like you who somehow come up with what I would consider these masterpieces. Yeah. You, know, you in, had to think of it in very small teams, you know, like you said, 99.9% uh, a solo project. It's amazing. You know? So, uh, to be able to pick your brain a little bit and, you know, I know how much time goes into these things for you to dedicate, you know, over an hour already. That's why I was wrapping up. I was like, man, we're, we're just rambling at this point. Uh, well, let's put it this way. When I heard PhD, I was like, we, we can't talk for an hour because I can't afford a PhD for an hour <laughs> in the real world. If it was a dollar thing, I'd be screwed. Yeah. No, I, I'm just, so it's, it's, it's we're a, just humbled people is what it is. Yeah. It's just Grateful. as much of an honor and a, a surreal experience for us. 100%. 100%. I'd, I'd love to get Ben back though, down the road. Cause yeah. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the momentum of this. And I, I, it's funny because I like the game so much. I forget the app lab end of this. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's easy for me to, and I've already put it in that store category of like, Oh, everyone's going to see it because it's there and it'll get highlighted. I, I really do believe it's just a matter of time now for that. Yeah. So definitely on the day that the inevitably this is on the official store, we'll have to have you back on for a congratulations interview. Oh, God. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely be going for that. It'd be, be great to keep in touch. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Thank you for joining us today, Ben. And guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode.